Good afternoon. Well, good evening, rather. Hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. We'll get started here in a moment. Give a few minutes for everybody to log on. I'll finish getting set up myself so I can see the comments. There we go. Let's go social preference page. Let me look at my get connect to my own page now. Happy Wednesday. What's up, Tasha? What's up, Pastor Edwin? Hey, Leslie. Hey, Kathleen, Davina. You guys, please share the video. Invite your friends. What's up, Pooh? How are you? Tag and share. Tag and share, please and thank you. Tag and share. Let me find my own this feed. Let me see here. Please tag and share. We're gonna we're gonna enjoy the word tonight. I'm excited to share the word with you. As you guys are logging on, what's up, BJ? What's up, it's H. Hey, Shawan, as you guys are logging on, please make sure to tag and share. Uh, I'm so happy that you chose to join us tonight for Bible study, Refresh Bible Study. Uh, we're going to be talk, continuing our series tonight, uh, The God Kind of Faith, and we're on part, step number five, which is knowing the reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we'll be focused on tonight. Close these blinds. Yep, that's what we'll be focusing on tonight. What's up, Jeff? Glad you're doing well, man. Long time no see. What's up, Pastor Chris? Adrian Moore, what's up, Vess? We'll give it a couple minutes. I got 831, so I'm going to give it about two more minutes, and then we'll get started. Tell me where you're listening from, how your day was. Uh, if you haven't liked the Fellowship of Champions page, go ahead and do that for me. Go ahead and like that page for me. I appreciate that. And follow so that you'll know when the word is coming forth. Uh, we do lives on Sunday at 10 a.m., our Sunday celebration uh, at Fellowship of Champions. And then on Monday night at 8 p.m. Central, we have, uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday night, at 8 p.m. Central, we have prayer. And then on Wednesday nights, we have refreshed Bible study with myself. And so there's three great opportunities to get the word. If you haven't joined us via podcast, you can do that as well. We're in the iTunes store. Uh, we're also, what's up, Adrian? Happy Earth Day, man. Uh, uh, we're also in the Google Play Store as well as SoundCloud um, and Pandora, not Pandora, but Spotify. So you can find us on several different outlets so that you can catch the uh, podcast that that way you don't miss a word. Good. Everybody like they're having a good day. Yeah, it was raining, raining and storming all day uh, here. BJ in Louisiana, Tamara in Springdale, uh, Mama Pat, Granny Pat and Mesquite. All right, cool. Well, uh, I got 8.33, so we, we're going to get started because uh, I try to use, take advantage of the hour uh, that I kind of allot myself. And so uh, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, we're going to want to make sure that we just kind of dig up some of the things that we may think about the Holy Spirit, some of those myths, misconceptions and things like that, because there's no way that uh, we could start talking about the Holy Spirit and really don't take the time to talk about who the Holy Spirit is and what's that indwelling spirit that's inside of us. So let's get started. Father God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you're a dependable God and that you have our best interests in mind. We thank you for the plans and the paths that you have for us. We thank you that your desire is to give us a prosperous end. Uh, and, and to cause us to have abundant life. We thank you for your peace that surrounds us, and we thank you for healing 
and, and many, many blessings. And we declare that the word goes forth tonight, God, that the Holy Spirit will speak through me so that ears may hear and that it will fall on good ground and seeds will be planted and fruit will manifest that will bring glory to your kingdom. We thank thee that we'll all grow tonight in knowing who you are and the indwelling of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that it will cause us to have power and it will increase our faith so that our muscle may our faith muscle may grow and that we'll be able to produce the good works that you have preordained for us to produce. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh my first great teacher, Miss Franks. Hey Miss Franks. So we're gonna just Pick up and get started. Uh, I'll try to look at the chat section to see if anybody has any questions or anything like that. Um, but like I said, uh, we're going to get started so that we can take advantage of the approximately um, 55 minutes we have left. Today, we're going to continue our series, uh, The God Kind of Faith. Over the past few weeks, we talked about, in week one, we talked about knowing the integrity of God's word and the reality of redemption in Jesus Christ. That was week one. Week two, we talked about the new creation in Christ, uh, is what we talked about week two. Last week was week three, and we talked about the reality of our righteousness in Christ. And we talked about what it means to be right. Being right means to be being righteous. The righteousness of Christ means to be made right. And that, that that was a gift that God has given to us, that we couldn't earn our righteousness. We couldn't work for our righteousness, but it was a gift given to us by God. And so we just simply received that gift. Uh, God chose to make us right so that he could uh, give us his goodness. And we'll talk a little more about that when Jesus went to the cross and, and how the, the veil was torn. Hey, buddy. No, you have to get out. Okay, go tell mom. All right, love you. Close the door, please. And so we talked about the righteousness of God and and how that was a free gift. And so tonight, the fifth step of developing a God kind of faith, we're going to talk about knowing the reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and type this. Say, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Yeah, my buddy Aiden, he likes sneaking in here. That's why I chose 8.30 Central Standard Time for the time to uh, meet because that's usually all my kids are asleep. And it's much easier to do things when uh, they're asleep. But anyway, we're not going to get distracted by them. Um, knowing the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. So go ahead and, and type that. Because that is a truth. John 4 and 4 says, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we'll get into that scripture in a minute. But let's, talk, let's cover some foundational truths that we've been talking about. Number one, we have all been given a measure of faith. Everybody who believes in Christ, everybody that's a born again believer, you have a measure of faith. All right. Romans 12 and 3. The next truth that we talked about, faith is a muscle. It grows stronger with exercise. So just like we think about this, we're all been given a heart, right? Every single one of us have been given a heart. The strength of your heart depends on the exercise and the conditioning you do. I saw Jimmy joined uh, just a moment ago. Jimmy works out every single day, multiple times a day sometimes. And because of that, if you look at his heart, every beat of his heart, because it's been conditioned and the strength of it, it will produce or it will accomplish more than what a heart would that wasn't working out. Why? If you, you check Jimmy's resting heartbeat, it's probably really low. Why? Because his heart has been conditioned and it's been challenged and has been strengthened through exercise, through use, that even in a resting state, it is producing more per beat energy-wise than a heart that's not. And so just like your faith muscle, it's similar to your heart muscle. The more you use it, the more you exercise it, the greater in strength it will become so that you can accomplish greater feats. 
It's not that you need more faith. I don't need more muscle. I just need to develop the muscle that I have. And so that was uh, the second foundational truth that we're, we're working on. But, but likewise, as Jimmy stopped working out right now today, though one time his heart was really strong, if he stopped working out today and never worked out another day in his life, that heart would weaken over time. Likewise with faith, you can't spend a day in the Word or a year or five years in the Word and then never pick up the Word again, never meditate on it and think that your faith will still be standing strong as it was when you was working out. So you got to always be applying faith in every situation so that faith muscle continue to grow. And the third foundational truth that we've been standing on is faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Faith starts where the will of God is known. So there's nothing, you can be hoping, you can be wishing, you could be uh, just really, really just desiring something, but you're not in faith until you have a word from God. And we talked a little bit about last week that there's two types of words from God. You have the written word, which is in the Bible, which we call the Logos word. It is the God, it is a word that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by man for uh, our daily use. And then you have what we call Rhema word, R-H-E-M-A, and that's the God's spoken word. Either way it goes, though, you've got to have a word of God before faith can begin because it is faith is what brings things in the heavenly realm and to the earth. That's how we see manifestation. We don't see manifestation because we hope. We don't see manifestation because we wish. We see manifestation because we believe God by utilizing our faith. And so faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, Ralph, how can you, how do you know that? Romans 10 and 17 tell us faith comes by hearing. So the, how do I get faith? I hear. What do I hear? I hear the gospel. What's the gospel? Gospel is the good news of uh, of Jesus Christ or a too good to be true news. So when I hear the word of God concerning something, whether that's the written word or word that he has spoken to us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that's when my faith can start. And that's when I can manifest the things of God. But I can't be out here saying, I want a new house or I want a new job or I want to, um, be healed, and I'm just hoping, but I don't have a word that I can stand on, all right? I got to have a word that I can stand on, and so that's where faith starts, where the will of God is known. Every situation you encounter will not be specifically addressed by the Bible. Many times you will need a rhema word or God's spoken word to assist you in a situation. The author of both the written word and the spoken word are the same, the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit is the author of the written word that we read in the Bible, and he is the one that you hear speaking to you when you're praying and asking God, God, do I go left or God, do I go right? God, do I take this job or do I don't take this job? God, is this my spouse for the... Or is this somebody I'm just dating, but I need to let go? God, what do I do? So the same one, Holy Spirit, is the one that gives birth to those words. That is why the word Bible is alive. The Holy Spirit, the author, lives and he continues to enlighten us and bring revelation concerning the word of God. Say this, say, I hear God. Because you have to realize God is always speaking. All right? Like right now, you guys are on this uh, video live with me on Refresh Bible Study, right? But does that mean if I turn on 92.3, it's not playing because I'm not listening? No. The only reason you don't hear 92.3 is because you're not tuned in. And many times we can't hear God for, in situations because we're not tuned into God. We're so consumed with things of the flesh that we can't hear God on what he's trying to tell us concerning how he wants to live in life. So we got to make sure that we take time to hear God. All right. You got to take time to tune in. Tonight, we're going to discuss the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and how it is essential to our ability to have the God kind of faith. The Holy Spirit is essential to having the God kind of faith. Amen. So John 4 and 4, uh, I think, Pastor Edwin had already posted, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. <laughs> Raise your hand or something real quick if you've ever heard that scripture. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you've ever heard that, Raise your hand. And I'll raise both hands. We've heard that scripture so many times, but how many times have we thought to really meditate 
or Selah on the essence of what that scripture means, right? How many times have we thought, stopped to be like, okay, what does it mean to, for, to be greater as he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world? What does that really mean? And that's what we want to talk about. This is a well-known scripture, but many of us do not know the power contained within this scripture. We do not grasp that he that the he in the scripture discusses and the many benefits that he brings. Lastly, we discuss what it means to be saved. We will know that salvation is not just eternal life, right? And we're going to come back to John 4 and 4. Salvation is not just eternal life. Salvation meant that word sozo means deliverance from harm, risk, destruction, or loss. So when you got saved, you were delivered from harm. You were delivered from destruction. You were delivered from risk. You were delivered from loss. We talked about how the purpose of the enemy was to steal, to kill, and destroy. And so what did he want to steal? He wanted to steal the word from you so that because if you don't have the word, you can't be in faith. If you can't be in faith, you can't manifest kingdom. If you can't manifest kingdom, you are not doing the thing that God purposed you in the earth to do. So the enemy is winning. So the first thing that God, the enemy wants to do, he wants to be a thief. He wants to steal the word. And so how does that apply to John 4 and 4? How does that apply to greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world? Because the he that is in you is God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit, giving you the same ability that God has to create, giving you the same ability as God has to restore, giving you the same ability that God has to raise the dead, to give you the same ability that God has to heal the sick. So when we say greater that it, greater is he that's in me, than he that's in the world, what I'm really saying is I win in all situations because God wins in all situations. I prosper in everything that I do because God prospers in everything I do. I never experience defeat because God never experienced defeat. Even when the giant comes against me, I, I win because God always won. Even, I mean, that's what we're saying. When we say greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, what we're saying is I always come out on top. I am never defeated. I'm never without. I'm never at a loss for anything because the Holy Spirit brings all things back to my remembrance. The he that's in that scripture is the he that was in the beginning of time creating the earth. It was the Father, it was the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you got the very mind of God living on the inside of you, giving you the ability to think just like your Father. So there is nothing that you should lack if we tune into the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so we got to be more God inside-minded than we are outside-minded with the temporal things that we see in the earth. Because when we begin to focus on the God on the inside of us, we see that the Holy Spirit, we will see that the Holy Spirit has been designed to give me the ability to be God in this earth. He has been designed so that I can govern this earth and cause the colony of earth to replicate what heaven looks like, the kingdom. Because when God created the earth, earth is a colony, it is a representation of what heaven should look like. That's what he did in the beginning with Adam. And so we'll talk about that in a minute, but greater is he that's on the inside of me. So as you read that now, you got to be saying, look, look. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than, than, than COVID that's in this world. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than financial issues that's in this world. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than bad relationships that's in this world. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than fill in the blank. Why? Because you have the power source on the inside of you. You have the deutimus, the power. You have the one that creates something from nothing living on the inside of you right now as a born again believer. So now I have been given the power to speak words out from the Holy Spirit into this earth to create something from nothing. So I'm not depending on my bank account. I'm not depending on other people. I'm not, I mean, I go to work and I'll be excellent, but I'm not looking at my boss to be for my, my promotion. The Bible says that promotion comes from the, the, the north, all right? Not from the south, not from the east, not from the west, but from the north. So God is everything that I ever need. And if God is everything that you ever need and God is on the inside of you, inside of me is everything that I ever need. You might as well type that. Say, inside of me is everything I'll ever need. Inside of me 
is everything I'll ever need. You are not without. That, that one scripture right there, and we're going to move on, but greater is he that's in you. And, and, the, and if you read that Bob, in, the, in the Bible, the first he is big. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The, he, the second he it is Satan. And so what, what God is saying is greater is he, the big God, me on the inside of you than the enemy. The enemy does have authority in the earth, but you have greater authority because you've been given place over the enemy. So there's nothing the enemy can do to stop you, but there are many things the enemy can do to persuade you that it's not yours. So the trick of the enemy to steal, the thing that he steals is our identity. He is wanting you to think that you're not worthy. He's wanting, and that's why we've been talking about the righteousness of God. He's wanting you to think that the word will not come through. That's why we talked about the integrity of God's word. He's wanting you you to think that you are still a sinner. You're a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're the redeemed of the Lord. He's wanting you to think something contrary to what the word thinks, because if he can steal the word away from you and he can cause you to think that you're something that God has not created, he can cause you to forfeit the manifestation of the revelation, the word of God that has, he's, given, he's given you through the Holy Spirit. And so that's what the enemy is doing when he's saying, I'm trying to steal. He's trying to come in and take the word. Now, what does that look like sometimes? Stealing looks like watching 12 hours of Ozark and not reading a word. Stealing looks like getting you to not, getting you to just lay down and watch TV when you're hurting and in pain instead of picking up the word of God. Stealing looks like you continuing to spend the money when God told you to save. Stealing looks like not taking the time out to ask for help when you know you're in a situation that you can't get resolved on your own. Stealing looks like, you know, you, you get the point. That's what stealing looks like. We want to think it's just this, this flagrant foul. If you understand what basketball or flagrant foul is something very overt. It's obvious. It's, it's matter of fact. But the enemy is cunning. He comes in, and I like Ozark too. He comes in and causes us to be distracted by small sideshow distractions. He wants us to focus on the little things so that we can get distracted from understanding that we have already have victory over everything that he the enemy tries to bring our way. But if he can get us to think that we are we are grasshoppers in our own sight, if he can get us to think that we don't have enough. If he can get us to think that because my grandma was sick, my mama was sick, I'm going to be sick too. If he can get us to think those things, he has stolen the promise and he has caused us to experience a defeat that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we can have victory over. Say, I will not be distracted. I will not be distracted. Yeah, go ahead and type that. I will not be distracted. I mean, come on now. And we we just gonna, we gonna stay here for a minute. COVID has nothing to do with your money. It is right now. There are people new people are becoming millionaires every day right now in whatever's going on. There is not a shortage, but the problem is so many people will begin will walk out of this thing in a worse situation than they started because they will see their job as a source instead of a resource. God is your source. God is the one that supplied you with that job and God is the one that will ensure that you have everything that you need. God is your source. I mean, I, I praise God for, for my job. I thank you that I'm still able to work. But if I wasn't, I'll still be okay. Why? Because the Lord is my source and I will not allow the enemy to steal the joy, the peace, and the comfort that I have in knowing that because I am a tither, because I give, my seed will bring increase to me. I will not allow him to steal that by being so concerned about where things will come from. It will come from God. He is the one that, was, he, that told you that if you will sow, I will cause money, I will cause things, men to give into your bosom. He says, I won't do without a cheerful, prompt to do giver. He says, sow and you will receive a hundredfold harvest. That's what he promises. And so we cannot be distracted by this stuff. 
We have to stay focused on the source, which is God. And where's the source? He's on the inside of you. So even right now, so greater is he that is on the inside of me. If God is my source, then that means on the inside of me right now, I have the source or the solution to every situation. Say, I have the solution. Right now, we got million-dollar solutions right now on this live. We got people right now that we, you are so focused, you are so committed to allowing the enemy to steal your 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 ability to tune into the Holy Spirit that, that you can't even hear Holy Spirit tell you how to get out of debt. Right now, people are increasing. Right now, bank accounts are increasing. My bank account is increasing. I'm increasing right now. Why? Because the man of God at the beginning of the year said, this is a year of great harvest. It doesn't matter what this year looks like. It doesn't matter how many jobs I have. It doesn't matter how many bills come my way. It doesn't matter how many times the enemy try to come and sucker punch me. What I know is this. This will be the best year I've ever experienced. Why? Because that is the word of the house. This is the year of great harvest. 2020 will be your best year. you like, well, it started out. It shouldn't. It doesn't look like it now, Ralph. The first quarter has sucked. I want to redo. But look, baby, you got nine more months. God doesn't need anything but a moment to change you. So you're looking. You're looking at like, oh man, these first ninety days, or how many days we're in now? Hundred and twelve days. They really suck. How is this going to be the best year yet? Because I got two hundred. And 53 days left for God to be God in my life. I got 253 days for the greater is he that's on the inside of me to come out of me and cause me to walk in accordance to the manifestation that he's called because God has already given you good and perfect gifts. God has already put manifestation in the earth. God has already made provision for you. He is just waiting on you to hear Holy Spirit on how to access what has already been been freely given. Praise God. You will receive. I will receive. So if somebody's going to be blessed, it might as well be me. You know, I might as well come out blessed in this thing. I might as well come out prospering in this thing. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about my relationships. I'm talking about my mind. I'm talking about my health. I'm talking about my knowledge of God. I am going to prosper in every area of my life. And so that's what John 4 and 4 is talking about. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. Now let's go to Romans 8 verse 11. Romans 8 verse 11. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. All right. And just as God raised Christ from G Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Same spirit. Let's just, let's talk about that for a second. And, and we'll just talk about this for a couple of weeks. We're not going to rush anything. I mean, there's no need in that. So let's just sit here for a second. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. So check this out. All right. The spirit was the same one that hovered the earth and created things. The spirit was the same one that impregnated Mary, incarnate birth. You know, I mean, uh, impregnated Mary and Mary gave birth to Jesus. Right. I mean, that was the same spirit. The spirit was the one who, when Jesus was baptized, descended upon him like a dove. And then Jesus began to work many miracles in the earth. The spirit was the same one that rent the curtains and released. I mean, when Jesus said it's finished, the spirit was the same person that was able to be released from the, uh, from the tabernacle, from the Ark of the Covenant, so that he could have free access into the earth. Because when Jesus died, and when he said, I, it is finished, what happened was, he said, it's done. So what was done? The, what was done was the, 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 the Holy Spirit being trapped inside the holies of holies in the Ark of the Covenant. What, what was done was, was that the fact that only the high priest could enter into and access the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was released 
when Jesus said it was finished. So when Jesus died on that cross, it released the Holy Spirit into the earth. And then after Jesus ascended, it says you, he said, I'm sending a greater comforter. And that comforter had the ability to enter into each one of our lives. And so when we're talking about the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, you was like, well, why didn't Jesus raise himself? He couldn't. Why? Because in his flesh, Jesus couldn't raise itself. It required the Holy Spirit. Jesus in flesh could not conquer death. The Spirit rose Jesus up. That's what rose Jesus up. And so that Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, right? That same Spirit is living on the inside of you. That's not me telling you that. That's what the Word says. It says the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So right now, what's living on inside of you is the power to raise dead things. Say that. Say, I have the power to raise dead things. What's dead? My money may be dead. So God, I thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, that you will give me strategies, ideas, and pathways to increase revenue in my life. And I thank you, Father, that I see and I hear you. And when I hear you, I'm not distracted by what's in this world, but I follow your voice because your voice is more real to me than what I see with my natural eyes. Your voice is more real to me than what I hear in my natural ears. Your voice is more real to me than what I read. So, Father, I thank you that I hear, I do, and I manifest according to your word. Why? Because when I have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of me, it gives me the ability through listening to the Holy Spirit to raise things from the dead. I have that same spirit. I have that same ability. But a lot of times we want to quit. We don't want to spend the time needed to tune in because Holy Spirit may say, hey, fast today. Holy Spirit may say, hey, send that girl flowers. But you're like, I can't stand her. But you like, Holy Spirit's like, send her flowers, but I can't stand her. And it is our disobedience that causes a lack of manifestation. Because any vine that's connected to the, because the Bible says that Jesus, John, I think it's John 15, he says, I, I'm, I'm the vine, right? And anything connected to me will live and bear fruit. The reason that we don't bear fruit a lot of times is because we disconnect ourselves from the source. You can't be, you can't be disconnected from the vine and still be expected to bear fruit because you're not getting the nourishment needed to bear the fruit. You're dead it. You're a dead stick on the ground. But when I obey God, when I, when I abide in the secret place of the Most High, then I have the ability through the Holy Spirit to raise things from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. The same Spirit that resurrected, resurrected a dead Jesus is living on the inside of us. Healing power lives on the inside of me. Resurrecting power lives on the inside of me. Yes, he is living on the inside of me. Christ lives on the inside of you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. And we're going to read it out of the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. It says, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God says, I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Hallelujah. The fact that God thought so much of me that he didn't just want to save me, he didn't just want to redeem me, but not only that, he wanted his very presence of who he is, God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit to exist on the inside of me. He says that he wants to walk with me. And live on the inside of me. That's how much he loves you. It wasn't good enough for God just to save you and give you access to heaven. It wasn't good enough for God just to give you the ability to be uh, have authority in the earth. He says, I want to be on the inside of them and walk amongst them. Say, Jesus walks with me. The Holy Spirit walks with me. Why are you saying they're all the same? You're like, how can they be the same? Well, look at water. Water is a perfect example of how things can take different states and still be the same. Water in liquid form, water frozen as ice, and water when heat's applied to a certain degree and begins to boil becomes steam. But at the end of the day, they're all water. Ice, steam, and liquid water, they're all water. Different forms 
but same substance, hydrogen, two atoms, and oxygen. And so Jesus is a tripartite being. He is God, he is Jesus, and he is the Holy Spirit, all living on the inside of you, walking with you every day of your life. You are not without power. You are not without hope. You are not without, you are not lost. You have the Holy Spirit who has existed between before creation was ever creation, living on inside of you, bringing to remembrance everything that the Lord has done for you. So every good thing that the Lord has for you, the Holy Spirit has the ability to bring to your earthly, your earthly, your fleshly mentality to understand where it's located and how to get to it. That's why the Lord says, I have given you power to get wealth. What was that power? That power was the Holy Spirit. That's the power that gives you the ability to get wealth because it knows where wealth is located. Right now, during this horrible time, I mean, not, I mean, it's what it, it is what you say it is. For me, it's a great time. I get to spend more time with my kids. My, I get to, I'm getting to relax some. I'm getting to bond. I'm learning how to do a lot of new things. My money is increasing. I get to talk to my wife more. These are good times for me. Do I get to go to the movies like I like? No, but it all, it's all how you see it. So what are you calling it? That's the question. What are you calling it? It's not a recession for me. What do you call it? So many times the devil steals because he causes, he steals the word from our mouth and our tongue. He causes us to say things like, dang, I didn't know this bill was coming. I can't stand them. You getting on my last nerve. Man, I hate this job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Those are all words designed to steal manifestation. You got to watch your words. And you grieve the spirit because the spirit is on the inside of you saying, Ralph, just be quiet. He's just saying, chill out. Just don't say that. I know you hear me talk to you. Say that you're whole. How am I going to say I'm whole when I'm sitting here crying, drinking this wine, listening to this side music? I ain't whole. You don't even, the enemy is stealing your commitment to speak the word to change the situation. When Jesus went into the earth and he saw it was dark, he said, let there be light. You don't got to physically see what you desire. You got to speak what you desire. You don't got to physically see what you desire, but you got to speak to what you desire. That's why the Bible says faith is now. Faith is your receipt. Faith is your title deed to what you have already possessed. So I don't, when, when me and April was believing for this house, uh, uh, I remember uh, going into the realtor and saying, this is what we we're going to offer. This is what we're going to do. And the realtor was like, that's not going to work. But I knew the Lord has said, that's your half, Ralph. This is what you need to offer. And it will come to pass. And so we did it. And, and, and sometimes we get so distracted because some things that God is calling you to do, nobody else has done it. Or they may have done it, but you don't know it. Nobody in your family has ever bought a house. Nobody in your family has ever went to school. Nobody in your family has ever been a millionaire. Nobody in your family has ever had more money than they had month. Nobody in your family has had that. And so now you're wondering, is it for you? Yes, baby, it's for you because your daddy desires for you to have it. But if you let the enemy steal by causing you not to believe that it's yours because other, listen to this, other people's stuff don't disqualify you. It don't matter what nobody else got, it doesn't disqualify you. If they got 5,000 Bentleys and God said you can have a Bentley, there's a Bentley out there for you. If they ain't never had a Bentley, Nobody in your house, nobody in your family, nobody in your state got a Bentley, but God said that there's one for you, then you can still have a Bentley. What other people have or don't have doesn't disqualify you from receiving from God. The only thing that disqualifies you from receiving from God is your lack of ability to believe the integrity of his word that he said he'll do what he said he'll do. Because what God has for you is for you. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of you 
alive, walking with you, will quicken your mortal bodies. And see, that's the thing that has to be put in check. It is our flesh. The Bible says, he says, he will give life to your mortal bodies. Why do your mortal bodies need life? Because the flesh is dead. That's why. You are a spirit, right? You live in a body and you have a soul. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, your imagination, your, your intellect. Mind, will, emotions, imagination, intellect. And so your body has to be quick and your body is going to respond to either your soul or to your spirit. Your spirit is perfect just like God. Your soul, so your spirit is saved, right? Already, your soul is being saved because as you live, it's becoming more and more like God. And so what you need the spirit to do is to quicken your mortal bodies so your spirit is causing your body to be constrained to align with what the word says. And how does it do that? By working through your soul. And when your spirit and your soul are in agreement, your body responds to that. But as long as your soul is all about the world, it's all about living a lot, best life, it's all about being, I mean, you like, whatever feels good, I'm going to do. If that's what you're feeding your soul, then your body is going to respond to that. But the purpose of the spirit is to, to quicken your mortal bodies, to give it life, so that you may accomplish the will of God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. No, we just did that. Let's go to, uh, it says in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was only present in a man-made holy of holies via the Ark of the Covenant. Wrongfully entering could lead to death. Only the high priest could enter into the holies of holies. Sin ruled the earth then and people had not been redeemed. Now check this out. This is so good. So in the Old Testament, you can, everybody can access the Holy Spirit, right? Because you had to be you had to be holy to enter the holy of holies. You only the high priest could do it. So even back so back then the spirit was reserved for only the priest. And if you entered in wrongfully, you would die. But look what happened when Jesus came, right? It says, therefore, the spirit of God had to be closed up in a room and only encountered by certain individuals who have properly gone through the rituals of sacrifice. So the priest had to give sacrifices for sin and all of that. So they'd be holy to enter into the holies. But look, when Jesus died on the cross, he was the perfect sacrifice. That's why the veil was rent. He was a sacrifice that gave us the ability not only to enter into the Holy of the Holies, but my God, to have the Holy of the Holies living on the inside of me, giving me power, giving me dudamus, giving me knowledge, giving me wisdom, giving me direction, giving me life, giving me peace, giving me patience so that I may achieve the will of God for my life. That's why we need to understand the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and how it's, it, how it's so critical to operating in faith. How much easier it is to operate in faith when you know that the power to achieve is living on the inside of you. It is resting in your heart. And so through Jesus' sacrifice, he gave ability for the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. It says in 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, do you not discern and understand that you, the who, the who church, the church at Corinth, are God's people, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has its permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you? First Corinthians 3 and 16 and Amplified says, say this, God is at home in me. God is at home in me. He's at home in me. God is at, God's chilling on the inside of you right now. He is chilling on the inside of you. You have everything that you need. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, and 20, what? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your body, we just talked about that, tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Both of them belong to God. 
And see, let we going that's probably where we're gonna end tonight. So Holy Spirit may be a two, three week lesson to get to this step because the Holy Spirit, a lot of the Holy Spirit ain't that thing that growing up in a Baptist church, everybody yelling and shouting and all that. I mean, you may respond that way to the Holy Spirit, but that ain't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. It is a part of the tripartite being. It's a part, I mean, it's a part of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is a person. And that person lives on the inside of us because we are the temple in which it's housed as born-again believers. It says, you are a temple. God is at home in you. You house the holies of holies. Why is this possible? We already talked about it. Matthew, and I like to give you scripture so you don't think I'm making this up. Matthew 27 and 50 says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent and twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Why did the earth quake and the rocks rent? You know, that speech, that's hard. There's a bunch of R's right there. Got to focus. Why? Because the power of the Holy Ghost was unleashed upon all of the earth. So the earth knew <laughs> what was happening. The earth was like, oh my, Holy Ghost loosed. And then when he died on Pentecost, it came on the inside of us. It says, Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. His death released the spirit. His death redeemed you. His death made you righteous. His death made you sinless. You are faultless and perfect, and that is why the spirit can reside within you. You are faultless and you are perfect, and that is why the spirit resides on the inside of you. You are faultless and you are perfect. You are faultless and you are perfect. I don't care what your mama said. You are faultless and you are perfect. You're not just like your daddy, not your earthly daddy. You just like your heavenly father. You are faultless and you are perfect. You're not without. You're not crazy. You're not dumb. You're not smart enough. You are faultless and you are perfect. God doesn't make anything that's not perfect. So you have everything living on the inside of you to cause you to be as intelligent as you need to be to, to accomplish everything God has you accomplish. So let me take a sip of water. Little commercial break here. Make sure you join us on Sunday, 10 a.m. at Fellowship of Champions. Uh, FOC NWA on Facebook. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays uh, so you can hear the word. We are a church teaching you to live by faith, walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. And once again, thank you for joining us for Refresh Bible Study. All right, so that's a quick, quick media break. All right, so let's get back to it. You have to understand it all, but you have to, you don't have to understand everything, but you got to believe it, right? I don't understand, you don't understand how a car works, but you get in, you believe that you, it'll take you from one spot to the next. I don't got to understand everything about how faith works, but what I got to do, got to do is this, believe that the integrity of God's word will transport me from poverty to prosperity, will transform me from sickness to health, will transform me from poor relationships to excellent relationships, will transform me from one place to the next place. I got to believe that the word of God has the ability to do that. That's what you got to believe. It says, as the redeemed of the Lord, we have to realize we were purchased and we are not our own. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 says that we are not our own. We belong to God. And so what's happened is we don't, we probably going to end up here, uh, but I'm, I'm just going to read from my paper so I can stay, stay focused and cover everything. We don't have time to discuss this tonight. We sure enough now don't, but we have to understand the government 
of the kingdom. And see, what we have been, democracy has ruined a many of people. See, democracy makes you think that your opinion matters. Democracy makes you think that you, your vote matters. Democracy makes you think that when you go in there and you 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 vote for, for no, God, I want to have sex, uh, and God vote, no, you don't supposed to, that it comes out, no, and then you 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 just say, I'm going to do it anyway, because that's what democracy has done. Democracy has made us think when we entered into the kingdom of God that what we thought matters. But baby, let me tell you, what you think doesn't matter, not unless it's coming from the Holy Spirit, right? What you think doesn't matter. Why? Because God operates is a theocracy. It's, it's, it's a monarch. It's governed by the king. Who is the king? The king is God. Heaven is God's kingdom. It is where he resides. The earth is a colony. God has placed mankind in the earth to be governors led by the Holy Spirit to recreate earth into the governing kingdom of heaven. And that was a whole nother message, a commercial break. You can go back and I think it was called same power uh, is what it was called. I taught a message about the kingdom of God, the government of God. Uh, it's back in November. You can go to focchurch.com. And, and listen to it, but we don't have time to talk about it, all of that tonight. But the pre what we got to understand is democracy got you thinking that your vote matters, but it doesn't. The kingdom of God is a monarchy. It has a king, God, and he controls everything. It was God's intent for earth to be an extension of the governing state heaven. All right, let me just break it down to you in plain terms. In the old school, old time, like England, when England, England was a kingdom, right? It's a kingdom. When it would take new territory, it would send a governor to that territory. The purpose of that governor was to go into that territory and take the, mor the morals, the values, and, and the character of that kingdom and reproduce it in the territory or the colony that he was in. So the governor always came from the kingdom. And so if, if let's say, let's use Arkansas, for example. If England took care of Arkansas, England's not going to pick a governor from Arkansas. England's going to take somebody who lives in England. They're going to place them in Arkansas as a governor. And the purpose of that governor is going to be to cause Arkansas to look just like England. So the rules of Arkansas are going to change to the rules of England. The way we talk is going to reflect England. The way we believe is going to reflect England. The way we drink tea is going to look like England. Why? Because the purpose of the governor was to cause replication of the colony to look just like the kingdom. And so when Jesus put mankind into earth, that was our purpose, was to be governors. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to co-govern with us so that we can cause every area that we reside to look like the kingdom of God. So that's what he's saying, I am the light of the world. Because every place you go into darkness, as a governor, we do what our daddy did. Let there be light. Every place that we go in and it's not not fruit bearing, we cast, we call that tree dead and we plant fruit and declare that it bear fruit. Why? Because we do what we saw our daddy did. Even Jesus said that I can only say what I've heard my father say. So how can we not be like Jesus? So we are called to be governors, but the problem is the enemy, going back to John 10, steals that authority from us by thinking that we are just a sinner saved by grace, thinking that we are a little lower than the angels, thinking that we don't have the power. Baby, you got he on the inside of you. He gives you the ability to be the governor in the earth. Therefore, you are now able to make changes. And you don't got to ask for nobody's permission. You don't need your mama's permission. You don't need your husband's permission. You don't need your wife's permission. When the Holy Spirit speaks, that is the only permission you need as a governor to cause things to change. You are a governor. You have authority to cause things to change. You want to get off that job. You pray for God. Pray to God to get that job. And that job not looking like what you want. But God told you to be there. You are 
called to be a governor in your workplace. God wants you to say, let there be light in this place. I declare that men know God. I declare that they experience the love of the Father and that that love draws them to repentance. I thank you, Father, that my supervisor and his family are covered and that they are complete and that they're whole and that the people who come into this workplace experience who you are. I thank you that I am that light. I am that salt that people see and that they can taste and that when they encounter me, they encounter you and it causes people to be healed. I thank you that when I hug people, healing takes place. I think that when I pray for them and I send emails, I think that they're anointed and it caught my words cause men to know God in a different way. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit's job is to do, to co-govern with us. The Holy Spirit can't do it without a body. That's why he says that our bodies are not our own. He needs to take control of our bodies so that he can produce kingdom in this colony we call earth. That's what he's trying to do. It says, it was God's intent for earth to be an extension of the governing state heaven. Earth was to be a prototype of heaven. And as governors of the earth, we were to take the values, the morals, and the manners of our home country, heaven, and cause it to be manifested in the culture of earth. In summary, earth is a colony governed by man that was intended to be a replica of a heaven. The Holy Spirit was placed on the inside of me to, and you to give us the knowledge of the kingdom so that we can replicate it in the earth, which is our colony. Just show me a hand if that makes sense to you. I want to make sure I make sense. Does that make sense? Y'all get that? You are a governor. You got authority. And where could you start? You could start with your own house. Govern your own body. I mean, everybody want to run out and uh, be be authority over everybody. How about you got some have some authority over your body? How about you have some authority over your tongue? How about you have some authority over what you eat? How about you have some over your stomach? That's a good place to gain be a governor. Govern your stomach. Govern your eyes. Govern your mouth. Govern what you hear. Those are all good places to learn to govern. All right, I see the hands. It makes sense. We're moving on. All right, 925. We'll find a good place to stop. All right. So, yeah, that's a good place. All right. We'll pick up next week talking about who the Holy Spirit is. All right. So, imagine having... Imagine having all the ingredients to bake a cake. You got the oil, you got the cake mix, you got the eggs, you got the butter, you got sugar, you got vanilla, you got icing. And when you mix all those things properly, right, you can produce a great cake that everybody enjoys. All right. However, if you don't get the mixture right, it doesn't work. The cake falls apart. It crumbles. It doesn't rise. Why? Because you didn't mix things right. It takes a perfect mixture to produce the desired result. See, this is what's happening with many Christians concerning the kingdom. We have mixed the old covenant with the new covenant. And like the cake, when it's not mixed right, it crumbles. So a lot of our faith isn't working because we're not understanding that we live in a new covenant covenant. But we're, tr we're trying to, to, to be ruled by an old covenant. You're thinking that the sin that you committed yesterday will cause you from not receive, cause you not to receive from God. The devil is a lie. He is a thief. He is stealing the word. The word says that we are under a new and better covenant, that the covenant of grace has covered us, that Jesus has died for all of our sins, that we are faultless, we are sinless, we are perfect, we are redeemed, we have been paid for with a price. So there is nothing you have done, will do, are currently doing that will cause you not to receive from God. So, but what the enemy does, he causes you to be in your thinking to feel ashamed. He causes you in your thinking to feel condemned. He causes you to thinking to not to lack the integrity of knowing that God's word, word always works. And it is those things that he steals that causes us not to inherit it. Why? Because we're mixing, we're not mixing the things properly. The old covenant is just that. It is the old. I don't pay penance for nothing. I don't care how many sins I commit. Jesus covered them all. I'm still sinless. 
I'm a new creature. We talked about, I am redeemed and I am righteous. And why am I righteous? It wasn't even my idea to be righteous. It was God's idea to make me righteous so that he could be good to me. And it was God's idea to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit so not only he could be good to you, he could tell you his way of thinking. He can cause you to develop the mind of Christ. He can whisper to you to go left so that he could prevent you from the dangers that are on the right side. He could tell you that that ain't your boo so he can prevent you from the dangers of the years to come when you marry somebody that's abusive, that doesn't treat you the way that you need to be treated, that doesn't see the way you need to be seen. God is always speaking, but the question is, are we always listening? Make that confession. Type that. Say, I am always listening. I am always listening. I am always listening. Under our new covenant, we are under grace. You can check that out in Hebrews 8 and 6. In the new covenant, God promises to bless us. He did not put us under a contract. I love that. In the new covenant, there's no contract. In the old covenant, they had a contract. In the new covenant, they said, if you do this, then I will do this. It was a contract, right? I, I, have, I, I have a rental house, all right? And, and, and in the contract, it says, if you pay me, you can stay here. If you take care of the property, you can stay here. If you ensure that you have insurance and lights and stuff like that, you can stay here. It was a contract that obligated me to do something to receive something. But in the new covenant, praise God, he, God says, I promised you, and I don't have time to get there right now, but God says, this is a promise for me to be good to you because it is my desire to be good to you. So what's the great thing about a promise? A promise is not depending on anything that I do. When I tell Aiden, I promise I'll take you to McDonald's. It is not dependent upon his behavior. It's not dependent upon whether he has the money. It's not dependent upon whether he has transportation. It's not dependent upon whether he asks me for it or not. It's not dependent upon any of those things. What it depends upon is the fact that I said I promise I'll do it. And God says I promise, but I swear to God I'll bless you. I swear to God that I give you everything that you need. I swear to God that I give you the power to overcome. I swear to God that I'll cause you to be a victor. I swear to God that I I'll do it. And it was by his promise that we are able to receive without being obligated to do if then with God. There's no if then with God. It is God's grace and his mercies. That covers all the if thens with God. The Holy Spirit was given to us because we believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. We believe in Jesus. And so we're gonna we're gonna just wrap up here. We're gonna wrap up. We'll pick up next week. I already knew Holy Spirit was gonna be a two week lesson. And so what we gotta believe, going back to first, I mean John four and four, greater is He that's on the inside of us than He that's in the world. That is what causes our faith to work. When I pray, I know that God hears my prayers and He answers them. He's not answering them because I'm anything great. He's answering them because the, great, the God on the inside of me is great. He's answering them because when he hears me pray, he is hearing Jesus talk to him. That's why it's so important to pray the word of God because you don't need to pray your feelings. Your feelings don't move God. All them tears don't move God. If God was moved by tears, everybody would be rescued. But God's not moved by tears. What moves God? Faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. So when I hear the word, even that word spoken out of my mouth right now, that I am the righteousness of God, that is faith. I, I can have faith on that. Why? Because that's what the word says. So it doesn't matter what everybody in the world thinks of me. I am the righteousness of God. I am right. I am just. I am sinless. I am faultless. I am perfect because the word said I am. And I can have faith that that's true. And when I know that I am perfect and clear, then I feel I know that my prayers are answered. You got to know who you are in Christ. So let's pray. And as we get ready to pray, uh, like always, guys, Make sure you're sowing. And I'm going to tell you that every time. 
this is a perfect time to sow. Make sure you're sowing, sowing into people's lives, giving when God says gives. This is not the time to withhold your hand. Make sure that you are taking time out. Don't you give your tithe, give your offering, uh, whatever you need to do. Be Make sure you're sowing your seeds. All right. Make sure you're sowing your seeds. Wherever you go to church, sow your seeds. If the word bless you, you can sow your seed here. Uh, Pastor Evan or somebody on the FOC page, you can go to focchurch.com and you can sow. You can give it tithe, give a uh, a text to give. But the thing is, and I'm not saying you got to give to our ministry, but what I am saying, make sure that you are sowing in this season. It is not a time to withhold your hand. Ask the Lord what you should give, who you should be giving it to, right? Because if you're always sowing, then you can always be harvesting. And that's the goal, to always sow, to always sow. The Bible, you, you won't be without as a sower. You won't be without. You'll, you'll always have. You will always have as a sower. That, that is a promise that God tells us. We'll always have as a sword. So let us pray. Wonderful counselor, miracle worker, creator of all things, Lord of the breakthrough, healer, restorer, and magnificent father, we praise your holy name. We thank you that you are always at work on our behalf. Say that right now. Something's good happening. Is that work on my behalf? Something's good is happening for you right now. I am telling you right now. Something good is happening for you right now. Right now, there are things in motion to cause your life to increase. Right now, there are things in motion to cause you to be better off tomorrow than you were today. Right now, God is causing things to happen for you. And you got to believe that to be true. We thank you, Father, that you fight for us and that you have brought us victory for every battle. Death is defeated in all areas of our lives and we experience abundance in everything that we do. We praise you for Jesus, whose death gave us access to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We declare that greater is he that's on the inside of us than he that's in the world. We declare that we are one with the Spirit. We are tuned in to the Spirit, that we hear and do what the Spirit says immediately. We hearken to what the Holy Spirit tells us, giving us the ability to perfectly produce the fruit of the Spirit. We walk in love. We walk in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, we, we pray. We operate as governors in the earth. We take our status, our role as authority, authority in this earth, and we cause the kingdom of heaven to manifest in every place that we encounter. The values, the morals, and manners of heaven are reflected in this earth, Father, because we are the light that causes all this darkness to disappear. Hallelujah. So I am the light that causes all darkness to disappear. Father, we fulfill our role by operating in faith and speaking your word in order to put the Holy Spirit to work. Holy Spirit provides me with the power to accomplish the will of God in my life. He gives me the energy and the directions on how to bring revelation into manifestation. I thank you, Father, that I am never at loss because the Holy Spirit reveals all things to me. I am a conqueror. I am a champion. I am a conduit for the power of God to flow. Through me, people are healed, set free, and delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. Through me, people are healed, delivered, and set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Something good has happened on your behalf. And I pray that you will hear the Holy Spirit on how to access the manifestations that God has placed in this earth for your life. So be blessed. Continue to hear God concerning your life. Tune in. Spend time with him every day, you know. And, and in this time, take time to ask God, God. Give me a word. Give me something encouraging to say to other people. Because there are people hurting. There are people out there. There are people confused. There are people just, just down and out. So, Father, thank you that you'll give us a word to speak to other people that will bring them hope, encouragement, and uplift them. Why? Because when I am full of joy, then my joy overflows into other people. When I'm full of peace, my peace overflows to other people. When I'm full of patience, my patience can overflow to other people. So, God, I thank you that everybody on, 
on this live tonight and everybody that listens to it, that they are full of who you are and that it overflows in the earth, causing your kingdom to be yet manifested more and more and more. So thanks so much for hanging out with us for Refresh Bible Study. I invite you to join us on Sunday at 10 10 a.m. Central Standard Time at Fellowship of Champions. Uh, you can join us on the Facebook page or Instagram. I think it's FOC NWA on Instagram. Feel free to join us there. Join us Tuesday for our corporate prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and then be back here next Wednesday at 8.30 for Refresh Bible Study. So once again, I love each of you. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you re remain grateful and stay hungry for the Word of God. Once again, Fellowship of Champions, teaching you to win in life. Have a great night.